he's responsible for the extinctions. He's responsible for the diseases. He's responsible for the chaos, for the dead planets, for the swirling chaos of the, of the other galaxies, for the, for the expanding rate at which nothingness is headed towards us. So this God, if he exists, must be one or some or all of the following. Uh, tinkering and incompetent, very capricious, very wasteful, and very cruel. Welcome to the Anti-Theist Atheist Podcast, where every week we feature prominent speakers with their arguments against religion. This season, each episode is showcasing opening speeches in religious debates with Christopher Hitchens. Today, we feature Christopher's opening remarks in a debate versus Frank Turek on what best explains reality, theism or atheism, recorded August 21st, 2009. But first, here is Steve from Atheist News. Welcome to Atheist News. Here's what's been happening. The Trump administration, on its way out the door, struck down several protections in the name of religious freedom. Government contractors can now discriminate against anyone they want to, as long as they claim religion when doing so. So, if a Christian wants to fire people for being Jewish, they can. In all, 10 government agencies, the Departments of Agriculture, Education, Health and Human Services, Homeland Security, Housing and Urban Development, Justice, Labor, Veterans Affairs, the Administration for Children and Families, and USAID are part of this overhaul. The changes will also favor religious organizations in other ways, and several secular organizations are urging the incoming Biden administration to reverse these actions as soon as they take over. A teacher at Bridgeport High School in West Virginia felt bad for the students who couldn't celebrate with a homecoming dance due to coronavirus restrictions. So the teacher booked an arena, but there are still pandemic restrictions in place for events. So they used religion calling it a vow renewal and labeling it a Christian event. The state couldn't restrict the dance in any way. One of the students has tested positive after the unofficial homecoming dance happened, in which photos shared online featured dozens not wearing masks. Democrat Jamie Raskin of Maryland and Republican Ted Yoho of Florida, members of the U.S. House of Representatives, introduced a bill last week calling for the global repudiation of blasphemy, apostasy, and heresy laws worldwide. It calls on the President and the Secretary of State to factor in any laws foreign countries have on blasphemy, apostasy, and heresy when it comes to forming relations, and to support the United Nations efforts in condemning these laws. Jamie Raskin spoke on the House floor and name-dropped several countries that have these laws in place, such as Saudi Arabia, Russia, China, Iran, Bangladesh, and Somalia. The bill passed the vote, 386 in favor, 3 opposed. COVID-19 is dangerous. Even if someone gets it and survives, there's still the risk of transmitting it to others, as well as possible long-term effects we don't know about yet, since the disease hasn't been around long enough for us to see potential effects to our health. Pastor Bart Spencer of the Lighthouse Baptist Church in Holland, Michigan, told his congregation in a sermon that they should just get it and get it over with. After the video was spread on social media, the church deleted the sermon 
and hasn't made a public statement regarding the deadly advice of Pastor Spencer. William Milam, pastor of the Olivet Baptist Church in Milton, Florida, was arrested and charged for two counts of promoting sexual performances of a child and 25 counts of possession of child pornography. Police discovered his crimes after he was caught uploading child pornography online. Victims in the files were as young as three years old. Pastor Malam is being held without bond. In Johannesburg, South Africa, Chief Justice Mogong Mogong went to Tembisa Hospital and praised the healthcare workers for their efforts in helping the people during the pandemic. He also warned about vaccines that were created by his devil that would change people's DNA and corrupt them. Then he called upon his god to destroy vaccines. The chief justice went to the hospital to praise the healthcare workers and wound up subverting their efforts with this batch crazy religious fear-mongering. The Pew Research Center released the results of a worldwide survey regarding the theory of evolution. This scientific, evidence-proven fact that humans evolved over time faces a big hurdle. Religion. Only 54% of Christians in the U.S. say that humans evolved over time. 51% of Christians in Brazil. That's hundreds of millions of people saying that evolution didn't happen. Asian countries didn't fare much better, with the religious in Malaysia, Singapore, and South Korea having wildly low numbers amongst the religious. Europe fared a bit better, with the religious accepting human evolution. Though Poland and the UK didn't fare too well, countries like France, Germany, Sweden, Spain, and the Netherlands didn't let religion interfere with the facts. Friar George Rutler, a U.S. Catholic priest working in Manhattan, isn't making friends over in Ireland. He called Irish clergy weak, dismissed sex abuse cases in the country as peripheral, and attacked Irish government deputy leader Leo Varadkar for being gay. That last one is ironic, as Rutler was filmed watching gay pornography. He was arrested two weeks back for sexually abusing security guard Ashley Gonzalez, who had been working the night at the church where Rutler was caught watching the gay porn. When the priest discovered she was filming him watching it, he grabbed her chest, then tried to prevent her from escaping. Italian footballer Brian Cristante was suspended for a game for saying, God damn it. That's it. Blasphemy of any kind is so taboo in the country's leagues that even off-handed phrases like God damn it is all it takes to get punished professionally. Ironically, players can swear if they want to. They just can't commit blasphemy, a ban that's been in place since 2010. Last month, the Water of Life Community Church in Fontana, California, reopened its doors to the public and resumed indoor services. Associate Pastor Bob Bryant died two weeks back from the coronavirus. The megachurch is actually violating state orders by resuming indoor services, but San Bernardino County officials won't conduct an investigation until there are three confirmed cases linked to the church. The estimated weekly attendance of the Water of Life Community Church is about 7,000 people. Pastor Willie Wilkerson of the Mission Church in Boston, Massachusetts, was sentenced to up to five years in prison this week on numerous drug and weapons charges. He was arrested in 2017, made bail, and while awaiting his court date, continued to sell drugs. 
cocaine, and numerous prescription drugs were found at his home and at his church. Mississippi Governor Tate Reeves declared that Sunday, December 20th, to be a statewide day of prayer, humility, and fasting to combat the coronavirus pandemic. Similar statewide days of prayers have had zero success in slowing down the spread of COVID-19. If anything, case numbers have been growing. What's most troubling is that Reeves, as governor, could be doing more to protect the health of his state's residents. Instead, he wastes time on worthless gestures like this one. Politico reported that Liberty University has funneled millions of dollars in support of Donald Trump. The private Christian college has made it no secret that they support Trump, but are restricted in many ways from giving him money directly because of how much it would affect the democratic process. So, they created a bogus think tank with Charlie Kirk that did nothing other than pay for Trump ads and gave millions to conservative organizations that would, in turn, support Trump. This circumvents the IRS restrictions against religious nonprofits from influencing the government, so they can get away with it, even if it does violate the separation of church and state. In related news, Jerry Falwell Jr. dropped his defamation lawsuit against Liberty University. Really? because he had no case. All of his bad press was his own doing, not theirs. Pastor Mike McClure of the Calvary Church in San Jose, California, was charged with contempt last week for continuing to hold maskless indoor services. Authorities charged him with a crime since fines weren't working. He's already accumulated $55,000 in fines because he continually refuses to follow pandemic-related restrictions. California has seen COVID-19 outbreaks rising more so than most these past few months, and it's because of ignorance shown by people like Pastor McClure. The Paycheck Protection Program was created in the U.S. to help businesses pay their employees during the pandemic. This taxpayer-funded program also gave money to churches, an obvious violation of the separation of church and state. Churches don't have to disclose what they do with the money, unlike other businesses, and they don't have to disclose if they actually need the money. Marcus Lamb, head of Daystar Television, bought a multi-million dollar private jet after his company got almost $4 million from the program and claimed his family vacations taken while using the jet was work-related. Joel Osteen, head of Lakewood Church in Texas, somehow got $4.4 million, even though they certainly could afford to pay their employees without any financial strain. These monuments have been turning up around the world, a harmless bit of fun that can get some visitors to the area. On top of Pine Mountain in Atascadero, California, three men didn't see it as harmless fun, as they're seen on camera tearing down the monument and erecting a Christian cross instead. The video shows them chanting, America first, and Christ is king. One of them was wearing Donald Trump merchandise, and another called the metal monolith gay. Since I have no idea how in the world how it would be considered gay, this Christian man who conducted the vandalism might be homophobic to an absurd degree, be incredibly insecure of his own masculinity, or simply projecting Latin homosexual feelings. You decide. Younger generations have faced extraordinary pressure to hide their non-religious views after analyzing data from a survey conducted by American Atheists. A bit more than half of respondents said they faced negative reactions or discrimination for expressing their non-religious views online, 
and over a third for expressing them at school. Younger generations are also two and a half times more likely to hide their non-religious views than adults are, with the people they hide it from the most being members of their own family. Thank you, Steve. You'll find Steve by searching Atheist News on YouTube. And if you want to hear more Atheist News on this podcast, please consider donating to Steve's Patreon at patreon.com slash atheistnews. Now, without any further throat clearing, here is this week's featured opening speech from Christopher Hitchens. If there was a word atheist, it would describe me probably rather better than the word, the vulgar word, atheist uh, does. Um, I don't have a special word for saying why I don't believe in Santa Claus, for example, or why I don't believe in the tooth fairy or why I don't believe in astrology. I don't need a special word for that. I assume, with, with me, you assume that these are fairy tales, man-made fables, either for the frightening or the amusement of, depending on need, children. Uh, I don't believe there is a supernatural dimension, um, and I don't believe there have ever been any miracles, so I don't believe that prayers are answered, I don't believe any of this. None of this comes up so far in this argument. I'm not arguing with a religious person yet at all. I'm arguing with someone who claims to know more than I do about physics and biology. It's possible that he does. Many, many people do. But bear in mind that we cannot say that we know that there was not a prime mover. It it, it's not within our compass. Pitifully ignorant as we are, only scrabbling on the lower slopes of the study of physics as all of us are, even the best, we may not say that we know there was no prime mover. We may not say that. Um, we can say that all the laws appear to operate without that assumption. Uh, it's very, very, very rare indeed to meet a physicist of any standing, from Einstein onwards, who is not at the most a Spinozist. In other words, someone who might say there could be a pantheism somewhere, there could be a force. Uh, but there is no, no way you can take a step from the laws of physics, the observable creation of the cosmos, uh, that leads you to the belief that there is an intervening personal God who does answer prayers, who does watch over you, who does notice what you're up to, who does mind what you do, who you sleep with and in what position, uh, what you eat, what you eat and on what days of the week, uh, what propitiations and sacrifices you will make, what commandments you will observe. There is no possible way, no one's even tried it, of getting from the laws of physics or biology to any such idea. So from uh, the person who says, I'm a deist, I don't think all of this can be an accident, there must be some cosmic force, I say, I can't disprove it, though I think the cosmos functions without it, but you have all your work, sir or ma'am, still ahead of you, before you can say that Jesus of Nazareth was a real person, let alone that he was the son of God, let alone that his mother was a virgin, let alone that he was resurrected. None of these things, by the way, would prove he was the son of God if they did happen, nor would they prove that his doctrines were not erroneous. A resurrected person who was the son of a virgin could still be talking nonsense. There's no logic that says he must be right. If I'm having an argument with you, sir, and you say, you lose, boy chick, I say, how come? Because my mother never went to bed with, a, with another man. Your logic is faulty. I think my, uh, my case could remain just as strong as ever it was. Uh, in default of that, I must say, rather bizarre uh, intervention. Now, why do we have religion in the first place? Why are we having this discussion? Why does Frank feel the need to talk in this way? Because we are pattern-seeking mammals. It's part of our evolution. We look for patterns. 
we're designed to look for them. And if we can't find a good explanation, we'll come up with a bad one, rather than none at all. Uh, most people would rather have a conspiracy theory than no theory. It's very observable that. There's a lot of junk science around before good science arrives. Before we have astronomy, we have astrology. Before we have chemistry, we have alchemy. Um, all of these things are deriv derivatives of religion, because in a very sinister verse of the Bible that used to upset me when I was being forced to listen to it as a, as a little boy, it says, seek and ye shall find. Yes, that's exactly right. Seek and you will find. Seek for an explanation of volcanic eruptions when you're living in a primitive society and you will think they're probably a, vi a, a visitation from an angry deity. And if you're told you can postpone the next eruption by throwing a few live babies into the lava down the crater, that's what you'll do. Religion has just started. <laughs> Religion has just begun. Uh, why do some people get the plague and others not? Because they're sinful. Why, where's the plague coming from in the first place? It's a punishment from God and or, in early Christian society, the Jews have poisoned the wells. So we'll go and get them, again, because we already hate them because they killed our Redeemer. Uh, they committed deicide. All of them did. All of them. No one's exempt. Indeed, if you, want to be, if you have to be a Christian, it's an article of their faith that we were all present at Calvary. We all drove in the nails, the Jews particularly so. And we all have to expiate this guilt for a crime that may or may not have been committed, but if it was, was committed before we were born. What is this? It's not physics, <laughs> okay? It's not biology, it's not science, it's faith. Why don't you fly under your true flag, sir? Why don't you say these things must be believed as articles of faith? Don't try and derive it from science. Now, I've, um, uh, I can't improve on, um, the argument that David Hume comes up with, came up with, against the idea of the supernatural, against the idea that, that the laws of nature are occasionally suspended in order to make people's faith a little more secure. Um, Ambrose Bierce in his Devil's Dictionary, you may remember, says uh, under prayer, under P for prayer, uh, prayer, um, a request that the laws of nature be suspended in favor of the petitioner himself admittedly unworthy. Uh, David Hume puts it a little more acidly than that. He says, if you see the laws of nature apparently suspended, perhaps a virgin's given birth, uh, perhaps a leper has suddenly stopped being a leper, who, who knows what it might be, you know the sort of thing, um, you have to ask yourself one of two things. Well, actually, you have to ask yourself both. Which is the more probable, that the laws of nature have just been suspended or that I am under a misapprehension? That's if you are an eyewitness yourself to the one. If you're hearing about it second, third, fourth, and fifth hand, you have to ask this question with redoubled and trebled and quadrupled force. And the likelihood is which? That the laws of nature were suspended or that somebody may be garbled, maybe a rumor got around. Um, if you make this assumption, then nothing, nothing is mysterious about reality. Nothing is mysterious at all. It, it would explain why everyone seems to die and no one comes back. No longer a mystery about that. We'll explain why uh, some people are cured of leprosy and other even worse diseases if they go to the doctor and if that doctor has access to certain kinds of drugs, but not if they don't. Um, the great theologian Lancelot Andrews, the Bishop of, um, Archbishop of Canterbury, uh, during the Black Death wondered, he said, it seems odd to me. Uh, there are people who go to church and pray and they give their tithes and they uh, do everything that they're supposed to do, and they lead godly lives, and yet they, they seem to die of the plague just as much as the sinners do. 
he went to his grave, the, the, uh, the Archbishop, not realizing that he'd very nearly stumbled on a very good point. After all, the, the, the discussion before us this evening is what explains reality better? Well, I think my explanation is probably, so far, not the inferior one. I've actually watched, I've seen myself, the fabrication of a religion or of a religious figure. I've seen it done before my very eyes in the case of the, the fraudulent woman calling herself Mother Teresa, though she certainly was a virgin and never had any, any children, uh, and actually named uh, uh, Agnes Pujashu, um, an Albanian crook who worked in Calcutta who was considered by those who read only the newspapers as a friend of the poor, but was in fact a friend of an advocate for poverty. She believed poverty was a gift from God, that suffering ennobled people. Uh, she didn't believe in this for herself, for poverty, because she took several million dollars from, among other people, the Duvalier family in Haiti, uh, probably the most uh, cruel deceivers and oppressors of the poor uh, in the late 20th century, from the Charles Keating savings and loan uh, racket in California, the so-called uh, savings and loan scandal, uh, from many, many other uh, depraved uh, rich persons and used the money to build um, not a teaching hospital in Calcutta or a clinic or for the relief of, of poverty or hunger or disease or anything of the sort, but to build over 150 convents in her own name to found an order that would glorify and magnify herself. Uh, and. That's where the money went. Um, since then, we are asked to believe by His Holiness the Pope, uh, the, late, uh, the lately named uh, Cardinal, formerly named Cardinal Joseph Ratzinger, that because of an intercession by her posthumously, that a woman in Bengal named Monica uh, was cured of a tumor uh, just by praying and putting a, a, a picture of Mother Teresa on the swelling in her. Stomach. I can assure you that's not how tumors uh, go away. Ladies and gentlemen, I can also assure you the last thing India needs is to be told that its people, when they're ill, should go to faith healers and shamans and the, the, the enormous number of witch doctors, crooks, and charlatans who there are in the subcontinent. Many people will die if they follow this kind of advice. Uh, and the doctors in the case have already testified before uh, anyone else uh, uh, could be heard from that they understand perfectly what medicine they gave her, how she responded to treatment, how normal the, the disorder was, how predictable was the recovery. But you're going to be told quite soon from St. Peter's Square in Rome that this was a miracle and it fulfills the conditions for this terrible woman to be made into a saint. I watched every stage of this. I saw it happen, I went to Calcutta. I've talked, talked to interviewed people who uh, were the concerned in the miracle case. I was asked myself by the Vatican to come and testify against the ridiculous canonization and beatification of this woman. I know how religion gets started. And it gets started because we like our illusions and because the world, the realm of illusion, is very, very precious to us. But again, the matter for this evening is, does deism, theism, or atheism best explain reality? And once again, I don't think my explanation fails. Uh, how am I doing for time? Eight minutes. Bloody good. Um, there's a, the, this question of the, the beginning of things um, is, of course, very important. Um, and if you think that it must have had a beginner as well as a beginning, uh, that it's not just a design or an apparent uh, design, but it must have had a designer, you are only asking for another question to be asked, which is who created this creator? Who designed this designer? Who fixed up this prime mover? Who was the prime mover for that prime mover? The, the common word for this in logic and some philosophy uh, causes is uh, it's an infinite regression. It doesn't really get you 
anywhere, but as I say, it wouldn't get you to religion, even if you could prove that there must have been a prime mover. It wouldn't get you to the worship of other human beings as if they were prophets or saviors or redeemers. It can't help you get there. You have to believe that as a matter of faith or not. You can't do it from, from physics. There's furthermore, I think, an, an, an almost um, insuperable ontological problem involved here. Suppose it to be true. Suppose that I concede it. Suppose there must be such a designer or an individual, an intelligence, a, a, something like a person that does this. How could I know it? Which person is smarter, sufficiently smarter, perhaps I should say, smart enough, smarter than me, smarter than anyone here, smarter, I dare say, even than Frank, to know this person and what's in his mind. I submit that it's not possible for another human being to tell you he knows this to be true any more than it's possible for me to tell you, which I don't try and do, because I'm not unreasonable in this way, that I know it isn't true. But don't you see that there's all the difference in the world between my saying I can't know it and Frank saying, well, I can't prove it, because he wants you to believe it's necessary so that you will then become Christian. And I say that that's a leap that you simply cannot make, and you certainly can't make on the basis of evidence. I think the religious would be much better to leave evidence alone where they don't excel and to concentrate on faith where at least they can claim some kind of monopoly. I'm not terribly impressed either by the argument that's advanced so often these days. Remember, all the Christian propositions were complete and absolutely in place. The, the resurrection, uh, the, the uh, healing of, um, excuse me, not the healing, the, the forgiveness of sin. Uh, all of these, uh, the, the virgin birth, um, the fatherhood of God, the sonhood of Jesus, uh, the Adam and Eve story, all of these things were completely believed and promulgated by the Christian church long before there was any knowledge of the Big Bang or of evolution. So what they're doing is essentially a, a reverse engineering job. Okay, now we do know these things. Most of them established, discovered, published in the teeth of religious opposition. Now we know them, ah, that proves we were right all along. God was even cleverer than we thought. This is just plagiarism. It's just borrowing from other disciplines to, to make it all uh, come right. And if we're going to talk about beginnings, we better have a bit of a word about ends, had we not. About the end, we know a great deal. We know, as Edwin Hubble discovered some time ago, that the universe is expanding at a very, very rapid rate. Uh, this is known as the red light shift effect. Um, it was thought of, it was thought by most physicists that that wouldn't go on at the same rate for very long, that the rate at which everything was racing away from itself uh, would diminish. The sort of Newtonian logic would suggest that. In fact, it's been shown very recently by a brilliant physicist named Lawrence Krauss that the Hubble rate is actually increasing. Things are flying apart much, much faster than we thought. Very soon, in fact, it won't be possible probably to see the red light shift or the other traces of the, of the original Big Bang anymore. The end is really coming on us uh, at an increasing rate of speed. So out of our something, to reverse the question that keeps being asked with such, such a suggestiveness, out of our something, a great deal of nothing is coming. So who's the creator and designer of that, may I inquire? And meantime, as any astronomer can tell you, if you look in the sky at night, you can almost, with the, without a telescope, see the Andromeda galaxy heading towards us. Um, it's not very far off in uh, astronomical time. The, astronomy, the Andromeda galaxy is headed direct collision course with our own. Uh, we, can, we know that's going to happen. There's a lot of nothingness headed our way. 
Um, and that's if we have time. Uh, that's if our, if our sun does not uh, swell up, uh, burn out, our oceans boil, everything come to an end. Uh, in the meantime, which is a certainty to happen at some point, whether the other things happen before or after or not. So whose design exactly is that? How does it come that just in the tiny suburb of our bit of the cosmos, the little solar system that we inhabit, all of the other planets are either much too hot or much too cold to support anything like a life, as is true of great parts of our own planet. How is that? Some design, some designer. How is it that 99.9% .9 of all the species that have ever been on Earth, ever, recorded have gone extinct, as we very nearly did ourselves as a species in the, in the very early dawning uh, years of our existence in Africa, which has now been mapped. Very nearly went out of business altogether. Who designed that contingency? Whose plan and caprice is this? In other words, if, the, if, you're, if you are to rephrase all these arguments of, of science and natural law and so forth, to assume that they work better with a god, you're just as badly off as you would be otherwise, because the same laws and the same processes still apply. You just say, but they're set in motion by a designer. In that case, he's responsible for the extinctions. He's responsible for the diseases. He's responsible for the chaos, for the dead planets, for the swirling chaos of the, of the other galaxies, for the, for the expanding rate at which nothingness is headed towards us. So this god, if he exists, must be one or some or all of the following. Uh, tinkering and incompetent, very capricious, very wasteful, and very cruel. Now, that is what you get, sir, if you make some deity responsible for the natural order as we observe it, which was the topic we were asked to uh, address this evening. And I think I'd be trespassing on uh, Frank's time if I went any further. So I'll reserve my my remaining uh, points uh, for rebuttal, and I'm very grateful for your attention. Thank you.